Policy Vibe, a new podcast hosted by the Triangle Community Coalition that will help our members familiarize themselves with our local elected and community leaders while asking the tough questions regarding land use policy. We will bring together elected officials, municipal staff, community leaders, and real estate experts to discuss land use policy here in North Carolina's Triangle region. Each monthly show will feature a guest where your hosts, Jacob Rogers and Christina Ellis, will interview and have conversations about issues important to our industry and membership. We'll dive into the topics of housing, commercial, and industrial development, as well as the politics behind the policy. Join us as we get to know the individuals behind the elected title who set the policies which determine how the triangle will grow. These conversations will give the listener some insight into the Triangle's leadership and what's to come. Hello and welcome to the Triangle Community Coalition's Policy Vibe podcast, where we discuss leadership and land use policy here in North Carolina's Triangle region. If you're not familiar with the Triangle Community Coalition, our mission is to promote land use policy that provides a balance among economic development, growth, the environment, and community needs, while advocating for private property rights. We are the premier organization that has a laser focus on land use policy here locally. My name is Jacob Rogers. I'm one of your hosts, and I've got Christina Ellis here. Christina, hello. Hello. It's good to see you. Yeah. We're in some exciting times for TCC right now. Our membership is growing. We had four new members join just in the last week. Yep. We've got some really cool upcoming events, some in person, some virtual and our listeners can check those out online and register at TRICC.org. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think people are looking forward to getting out and rubbing shoulders. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say rubbing shoulders. That, <laughs> that sounds like germ spreading. But they're getting ready to see each other again face to face. I think so too. And if you're a first-time listener of this podcast, welcome. We're glad to have you. But maybe you're a first-time caller, long-time listener, and we're uh, glad to have you too. <laughs> Without our long-time listeners, uh the lights wouldn't be on here. Yeah, thanks for keeping our lights on. <laughs> and speaking of calling in, if you're interested in calling in, just to, just uh, call us at the number at the bottom of your screen. We love callers. <laughs> Don't we love callers, Christina? Oh my gosh, we love callers so much. Speaking of callers, uh, go ahead and let our first caller in, Christina. What? Do we not have any callers? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm... <laughs> I'm legitimately confused right now. Oh, so we don't have any callers. No, I thought this was just a joke. Well, maybe next time we'll have some callers on the show, but... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. I am excited about today's guest. We've got Liz Johnson, Steve Rao, both from the town of Morrisville. They're on the city or town council. First of all, everybody knows these two individuals. And when they walk into a room, everybody knows who they represent. And you can bet that both of them are going to talk about Morrisville and represent their constituency and the town very well. And I'm proud we've got both of them in the studio today. Welcome. Welcome. Steve Rao, Pleasure. Liz Johnson. Pleasure to be here today. Thank you, Jacob. It's ha- I'm glad to be here. We're, we're going to see you. And now, like I said, I'm going to say the word premiere again. You're on a premiere podcast. Look, and I'm going to tell you right now, if we can't help you manage your success from here. You're going to skyrocket. We're only going to... <laughs> but we will be taking credit for it. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. One of the things we like to do first on the podcast is 
get to know you a little bit. You know, what's some background that maybe we don't know? So I got a couple questions. One, where, where are you from? What brought you to North Carolina and, and to Morrisville? And then give us something unique about yourself. One thing that maybe the rest of us listening don't know. Liz, you want to go first? I will go first. Okay, so I'm here about 24 years, came from upstate New York, just outside of Syracuse, and it was job that brought us here. It was IBM and RTP brought us here. Some unique thing about me that nobody knows, my first job out of college was as an elementary school teacher. I taught second grade, and I consider myself even today to still be a teacher, I think it's important to not only for myself to continue to learn, but to help educate others. So maybe that's the most unique thing that I can think of off the top of my head. I certainly didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. I've had a, because I had a career with IBM, but I did start with education. And actually that helped me with my career with IBM because I I did a lot of education, educating, work with customers, working in marketing. Good deal. Well, great. We're we're glad to have you on. That's a really cool tidbit to know as well. Steve, tell us about you. Where are you from? What's something unique about you that maybe the rest of us don't know? I grew up in uh, West Virginia. I'm a mountaineer. My favorite music is actually bluegrass music, pepperoni rolls, mountaineer games. I just grew up. My parents came there in 1968. And one thing people don't know about me is that I was very sick as a child. I had typhoid and was very sick and believe it or not, very shy and awkward. I spent a lot of time with my mother growing up and I worked myself into really good shape. That's why Teddy Roosevelt's my favorite president and became a top junior tennis player, played in college. And I guess the thing that changed my life was my mom's father came from India. He was a major in World War II. And he was a top executive in India, a racks to rich story. So I want to write a book one day about how the three months I spent with him in 1977 changed my life. So it's almost like something out of a scent of a woman. Every day I was an eight-year-old kid. He would take me on the bus in Charleston and we would go have a coffee and then we would go to the bakery and he would teach me something about life. And that three months changed me. And he died a few months later, but it was an amazing experience. And that was my mother's father. And so I thank my late grandfather for saving me. And then <laughs> the new, I became an extrovert as most people know. And, but that's one thing people don't know about me. That's interesting. There's something else that most folks don't know about Steve Rowell. So when I first met Steve, we were probably sitting down having coffee. This is several years ago. He started doing a voice. Some, I can't remember an actor. And I started laughing. I couldn't keep a straight face after that. He, he, does impersonations. Oh, this is going to be good. Voice impressions. We're going to break a minute and we're going to have a little game. I've got a list of celebrities and personalities. He's going to have to pick five. And then at the bottom of the list, I gave him a few topics. Maybe you could use one of them is Uber. So you have to use Uber in a couple of sentences. <laughs> 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 with this one of these impersonations <laughs> this is gonna be fun and then he's gonna say a couple of sentences and then liz and christina have to guess who the celebrity or personality is oh man liz you're gonna oh, kick my butt no. i'm like 15 i don't know anyone <laughs> right? this is gonna be fun all right are you ready steve i'm a little nervous hey. but i'm ready i think we're <laughs> all nervous <laughs> i used to act i love acting and so this is a game i play with my son actually we do imitations at night my yeah. son Ryan. So this is fun. So and here we go. All right. All right. Let him speak and then you can identify. So go ahead, Steve. It's great to be here today. And uh, 
I just want to say that I love Uber. Okay, Uber's wonderful. After I got voted out of office by Joe Biden, I, I used Uber all the time, okay? And after COVID, it's uh, it's really helped me, okay? Good to be here today, Jacob, with Liz Johnson, the mayor pro tem. The mayor pro tem, very important. Heartbeat away. And... Uh, it's wonderful. And I'm coming back. I'm running again. All right. All right. Okay. That's Trump. Yeah. Okay. Liz, Liz got that one. You know, Liz won. Uh, ding, I ding, think Christine got that one too. All right. That's okay. You said it first. All right. Well, we'll Steve next one. Well, you know, Jacob, it's a pleasure to be here today. And it was great to hear President Trump speak. And I want to talk today about trying to, trying to sell a house. Because uh, <laughs> you, got, you got to keep your eye on the price. And you got to stay focused. And uh, Michelle and I, well, sorry I gave it away. Um, yes, she did. That's right, we got it. We're looking to do good things because uh, we're in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Thank you, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've given that. I didn't practice enough before I'm, I came here. I've given Liz one and Christina one on that one because you can. I'm sorry. I gave, I gave it away. I'm sorry. We got Liz two, Christina one. <laughs> Take it away, Liz. Oh. America is just a fantastic country, and I know I'm from California, and uh, I love to pump iron and lift weights, but I love to go to the restaurants with high protein. It's just fantastic. <laughs> and uh, you know, they're about to recall another governor in uh, California. It's just fantastic to be here, Jake. Arnold. <laughs> All right, <Liz> three. <laughs> I think Christina that one too. <laughs> this is really bringing up. Final, final one. Final one. Final one. Oh, gosh. There's nothing like... Being with Mayor Pro Tem Liz Johnson, trying to decide with her husband Kevin where to go to eat because Kevin's a foodie, because hope is a good thing. Sometimes it's the only thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I know it deep on the impersonation there. Can you, can you guess who it was? I'm giving it to our I'm, contestants I'm here. not sure. Oh, okay. I'm all, it's Morgan Freeman. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. He's yeah, hard. Okay, I've been work, my son and Ryan and I have been working on that. You know, I could do a little Jack Nicholson. Ask me nicely, <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> Steve, our work sessions would be a little more interesting if you did them in, uh... in person. I know this is so much fun. I think I've picked the wrong profession. Yeah, well. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I think with the Morgan Freeman. Yeah, it's hard. You, you got to get that deep voice. It's hard. It's I don't hard. have yeah. one of those. He's really hard. You do a fantastic job. Yes, thank you. No. Round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> I know I, the one thing with Morgan Freeman is that it's like I heard one guy named Jim Meskimen who's a really good person. His mother was Miriam is Miriam Ross from Happy Days, Mrs. Cunningham, her son. So he does a good. He came to Raleigh to do speak at the Technology Association. So he did a lot of really thing, and he did a good Morgan Freeman. He's, There's a group of carnivorous animals walking down the street. Stay calm. <laughs> this is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> So that's a little bit of that calm and soothing voice. I'm having too much fun. Liz is worried about me. We all are. So let's get back to our program. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Business. Uh, back to business here. <laughs> so one of the questions we like to ask, and this is something that, that we ask all of our, our contestants, our panelists, uh, guests, is what is leadership? What does leadership mean to you? Liz? Leadership means doing good work 
well, for I'm going to I'm going to use it in the context of, of being an elected official in the town of Morrisville. Leadership means doing good work for your residents of today and the future, being someone of integrity and honesty, also being a really good listener. I think it's really important. Good leaders need to be excellent listeners. I always say there's a reason God gave us uh, two eyes and only one mouth. You're supposed to <laughs> listen and see and then speak. Those are important qualities in a good leader. And, and good answer. What do you think, Steve? Yeah. What is leadership to you? I've been listening to some podcasts about leadership. One's by John Chambers called Chambers Talks. I'd really encourage everyone. It's on his uh, website. I can send it to everybody. And he brings in top leaders to talk about leadership. But what I've learned from John, even reading his books as former CEO of Cisco, there's really three important aspects of leadership. One, Liz Johnson has already said, is to be able to tell the truth and be honest with the people that you lead and you collaborate with. Because even during downtimes, they want to know that you're in the boat with them. And I think that's really important for a leader to not just say, well, I'm the leader and you're out, but to get everyone in the same circle of trust. The second one is communications having very effective communications. And this is important, particularly during a pandemic, during a time of crisis. And then the third thing is the long-term vision, knowing that whatever decisions you make are for the future, not just for now. And so that's what I look at leadership and strong leaders. I'm in the tech sector, but you look at Jim Whitehurst and you know, John Chambers and other top leaders, they all have that strength of making people feel like they're part of the team, right? Jim's former CEO of Red Hat. Now he's the president of IBM. People don't realize he's only one step away from being the CEO of the one of the largest tech companies in the world. And he's really risen through the ranks by this simple test of leadership, communications, honesty, truth, and making people feel that you're in the same boat. Yeah, it really seems, especially after the past year when everyone has been separate, like that need for over-communication, I think, has also been really great. Like people want to know more and hear more, I think, as a way to make them feel safe. Would you agree with that? I would agree. And I think this past year has given us opportunity to communicate in new and different ways. Since we all can't be together, we're used to, and I miss those events where we're all together. But since we can't do that, we've had to learn to reach out and communicate in in unique ways. And I think in very um, successful ways. Exactly. When you think of uh, a true leader, who is a role model that either you've looked up to uh, throughout your career or life as a leader who you would want to be. Does somebody come to mind? I've mentioned him twice before, but it's just because he's a family friend is, you know, John Chambers who grew up in Charleston. He was a severe dyslexic and his father and mother knew my parents very well. When my dad tried to become, was studying to be a surgeon in Charleston, Dr. Chambers brought him in and helped him out a little bit. And the thing is that I've admired so much about him is how, when you look at his career, you know, how, you know, he in Cisco, when he ran Cisco, they went through eight major downturns and every downturn he emerged from the crisis stronger than before by doing it with stabilizing the operations and understanding what he called a breakaway strategy, how to provide leadership so you can do what he's an adventure investor now, the Texas two-step or Silicon Valley two-step, right? So you break away. So I think he's one leader that I, I really admire and also General Colin Powell, who also you know is a strong leader. So there's so many. And then my great-grandfather was a freedom fighter in India. He served as the Speaker of the House in Tamil Nadu, and he left to join Gandhi's civil disobedience movement. You look at people like Gandhi and Dr. King, who they didn't realize at the time what they were doing was popular. It was actually crazy. I want to have a free India from Britain. But the fact is they were able to get uncomfortable, and they believed so much in their cause 
that their leadership was effective. So I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. What, do you think, what about you, Liz? So I'm going to go a little closer to home. I'm going to say my dad. I think a, a really good leader needs to have compassion and empathy, as well as all the other things we've talked about. And he was a man that taught me how to be compassionate, how to be empathetic to others. Um, my dad was a foreign language teacher back in the, he started back in the 60s. And so as um, I was growing up, I grew up exposed to multiple different kinds of cultures in my home. We had people in my home that I could not speak to growing up because I could not speak their language. And I always say it's ironic that, that I ended up in a community that is so diverse and so inclusive and so welcoming. And I think a lot of that, the way that we have been able to create that environment in Morrisville comes from my upbringing, from my dad. And so I would say my dad really has made a, a huge impact on me as far as my leadership style. Yeah, well, Morrisville is the most diverse community in the state. There's a designation for that. And is it Morrisville at the top? Yeah, Morrisville. I would argue we're probably the most diverse, inclusive, and welcoming community in this yep. nation. I I, yeah. I I really believe that. And I, if we ever get the results from the census, we'll be able to see right. that kind of play out in data in and figures. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yep. Liz, uh, I'm interested in foreign language. What, what, what languages did your father teach? Well, he mostly German, French, and Chinese, and, but he also spoke a, a little Italian and Russian. So oh, now wow. I cannot Impressive. speak anything but English, unfortunately. That gene did not, uh, it bypassed me and luckily um, landed with my two children. So they're bilingual, but not me. That's impressive. That's very impressive. I, I, my wow. major in undergrad was uh, Spanish. And the re one of the reasons was because I, I didn't, it was something I knew nothing about. And I was interested in learning. I've always been interested in learning different cultures, but another language always is super cool. That's really wonderful that Liz Johnson had that experience. I didn't I, you know, see so much of her father. He died of pancreatic cancer, but she does so much for the Pancan Network. And her mother's a wonderful lady. Her family's amazing people. So he must have been an amazing man to raise a family like that. One thing I just forgot to, I'm probably going to be thrown under the bus because I'm thanking one member of the family. So I hope my mom isn't listening. But one hero <laughs> for close to home is my mother-in-law. And she was an Indian woman who came here with my father-in-law who died two years ago. And uh, she retired as a U.S. Air Force colonel. Oh, wow. And to see an Indian woman raise daughters and be a U.S. Air Force colonel. I married the colonel's daughter, plural, is quite amazing. And I wish her grandkids could have seen her in a full-blown uniform. She almost looked like a young Diana Prince on Wonder Woman. I put it up on Facebook and former Mark, Mayor Mark Stolman thought something had happened to my mother-in-law. So when I saw him, he got emotional. Oh my God, is she okay? And I said, no, I just did it because it's Women's Heroes Month. And one thing, Liz Johnson does great posts. I'm trying to acknowledge women. And I'll never forget when I was in love with her daughter since 17 years old. And I was with her one day at her house. And she said, Steve, I know you love my daughter. And if you want to marry her, it's fine with me. And I said, and I was like 19, 20. And I looked at my, my Colonel Parekh, and I said, what about him? And she goes, don't worry, I'm in charge around here. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother-in-law proposed to me. <laughs> it was wonderful. Right, now we've learned three things that we didn't know about Steve yes. <laughs> She knows my mother -in -law. Yeah, she's a fabulous lady. You're a lucky man. Let's jump into some land use stuff. Morrisville just completed an, an ordinance update. What's next from that on a land use so good question, because that's just the start. There, There's more work to come. We have more detail that we need to hammer out and hash out as we move forward. And two of the biggest areas in our new land use plan identifies our 
transit-oriented development area, and then our McCrimmon sub-area. And those are, are two really significant areas that we need to dig in a little deeper and get to get some more details behind land use and specifics. Is, is there like a, a small area plan coming from that, or, or what are your thoughts on that? I'm not sure I would call it a small area plan. We have the area identified, so yes, it's a okay. small area in both cases. And then we're going to dive into those sub-areas that I mentioned first and really get, dig deep into the vision that we want to see there and then make sure the details are spelled out. The development community knows exactly what our vision is, what our community's vision is, and then help, will help us fulfill that vision. As we move forward, the greatest opportunity of our land use plan, and it was a real success. The staff, the council worked so hard on this plan. I, I have three goals in mind for Mooresville that I think we have 10% of all public companies in North Carolina that were listed by the Triangle Business Journal of the 99 companies they listed are headquartered in Mooresville. Cisco, Lenovo, Channel Advisor, Cineos Health, and Liz and I have been the benefit, we've had the benefit of having many other major companies grow. Fujifilm, the pen, a lot of vaccine research, Microsoft, all these companies. So First of all, we have a lot of people that are coming to work in Morrisville. And it's really important to have a land use plan that has housing and residential for people that are working there. So that rather than leaving to go to Cary, they can live in Morrisville, they can work in Morrisville. And then we've made a lot of investments in parks so mm -hmm. they can play in Morrisville. And so we work a lot with collaborating with developers. And if you're a developer listening, we want to know how you can work with us to make those investments. A lot of people don't want apartments coming in or other residential, but they're not realizing that I think that's Morrisville's Texas two-step or Silicon Valley two-step is that we can be the number one technology and life sciences city in the state. And I think we're well on our way because of our location, the diversity, the entrepreneurs. And around this McCrimmon area, I've, I've already reached out to John Kane. She heard me ask him on his TCC call yeah. and I'm the salesman of the council. I want John to build his innovation district in Morrisville around the recruitment area where we can have wet lab space and whatever. And it's a perfect place. So that actually, no offense to North Hills, John, that should be in Mooresville and I'm going to make it come to Mooresville or get him to like make me an offer. I can't refuse. So I, I say this all the time. The Mooresville is like the gateway to Wake County from the West coming in from 40. The first town you hit is, is Mooresville centrally located, conveniently located RTP, RDU, all you know, major employment centers throughout the triangle. What is the future of Morseville? I got, just got your thoughts on that, Steve. What is the future of Morseville in your eyes, Liz? So you're right, Jacob. It is the heart of the triangle. We are. The town of Morseville is the heart of the triangle. We're smack dab in the middle. I always say we have that, that our location is both a blessing and a challenge. It's a blessing because we have the opportunities ahead of us that Steve just talked about. We can be number one. There's no reason. Absolutely mm -hmm. no reason. And live, work, play is not just a tagline for us. We are trying to fulfill the live part, the work part, and the play part so that folks can be here in Morrisville and can get all that they need. Years ago, I lived in a, a small town that used to say, you never need to leave this town. Everything you have is right here. And that has always stuck with me. I, I think we can have it all in Morrisville if we are very thoughtful about it, if we attack our challenges head on and not put our head in the sand about them. Mm -hmm. And also, and in, in, to your point, around us is growing tremendously. We need to understand what's happening around us and then incorporate that into what we do in the town of Morrisville to make us number one and mo the most su successful small town. Yeah. 
you know, we have cricket, which is a big thing. We've had a lot of world-class cricket tournaments, USA team play in Mooresville. Huge opportunity for us. So we have, I think the future is to be an innovative town. Companies in California that are in the Bay Area, Santa Clara, they should think I'm going to Mooresville. Families, and because we have the advantage of cost of living, incubators, entrepreneurship, inclusiveness, diversity, and you can have pulled pork and a bami sandwich and a samosa. <laughs> I never thought I would live. I grew up in West Virginia and there's more Indian food and more you know, Indian culture than when I grew up just because it's just it's everywhere. Right. And yeah. South Asian culture. Absolutely. So, you know, here's another question about what you just said, bringing the opportunity to Morrisville. What is important to you when new developments or and new development projects come across your desk? What are you looking for? Well, I think we're looking for good quality projects that meet the goals and the, the needs of our community. And I think the specifics vary, whether we're talking about commercial development, retail, or residential. But you just really good quality development. The, the other thing that's really important to know about the town of Morrisville is that we are totally landlocked. So we know where our borders are, and we are not ever going to grow. That's unlike a lot of other towns, Cary, Holly Spring. They can move and grow out a bit. With we their know, ETJ. With their ET, that's right. We know where our borders are, and we're surrounded, actually, by the town of Cary on three sides. And then, of course, Dorm and RTP to the north. That factors in. We need to think about that when we're looking at development and when we're um, making decisions about development because we need to have the best for the town of Morrisville for its sustainability, its financial sustainability into the future. Yeah, I think that for me, the opportunity is to work with developers in a truly collaborative fashion where we can get investments in our transportation infrastructure, which Liz and I have supported time and time again. Investments in our sidewalks, turning lanes. We, you know, there was recently a development we approved to almost $1 million of transportation improvements and then parkland payment loop, which is they put money into apartments. If it's multifamily or certain residential, it goes into a fund for parks over a half a million dollars. So we can negotiate great investments through conditions we can impose on the quality and giving investments to our community that we wouldn't have. And so that takes really good partnerships and, and workforce housing. So I'm very proud of this council and Liz and Vicki Scroggins Johnson, who's a big supporter of affordable housing and everybody, that we've negotiated conditions of affordable workforce housing units. So we have places for our staff, fire, first responders, and also attracting a younger demographic to Morrisville, which for the old, like, maybe we could eventually rebuild and have restaurants and you know, jazz musicians come and art and you go somewhere like 10 or 11. We're working on a downtown so I think those are the things where it gives us an opportunity to be really creative with developers rather than just rubber stamping something. But we never rubber stamp anything. Every development that she and I have supported, a lot of them are collaborative partnerships. Yeah. So you just mentioned something that, that's kind of been on my mind, but I think last year because of the virus and just, I guess, the way th things have unfolded was Mooresville's downtown. You guys have been in this downtown. How are we going to create this town center, if you will? Where are we at that? What, where, 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 where is the town at, at the process on that? Is that still a priority and something you all are thinking of? Yeah, it's still a very much a goal of ours. We recently put out an RFP, and that 
period closed, I want to say, a couple of weeks ago. And staff is now evaluating all the applications, and that information will come to council in April. So we'll be, as a council, evaluating, and hopefully we'll be picking a development partner that will help us see our vision come to fruition. And and as Steve said, development has really helped us a great deal in our infrastructure needs over the years. And we're looking forward to that partnership with the town center as well. So yeah, it's still on our radar. Stay tuned for April. Yeah, that could be a big deal. I guess that's coming pretty soon. Yep. I've got a question. What do you think the values of Morrisville are? Like if you were to ask the council, what are some of like the top values of the town? What are some words that they would say? I think they would say... A community. Inclusive neighborhoods, livable neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Those are part of our completing mobility. Education. You know, yeah. Education and, and diversity, international, very global city. From Mumbai to Mooresville, from you know, Kathmandu, Nepal, South Asia, Korea, and Bulgaria, all kinds of Europe. We have such an international population. And I think that's one thing that one of our values is that we're very inclusive and, and innovation. One thing that we're really excited about, Liz and I, is that we have a program we're rolling out this um, summer called Smart Shuttle. So we're using very innovative technology so that people can actually take their routes from home to different places. It's going to be very innovative. And one of our colleagues, Councilmember Garamella, he grew up in Mumbai and it's, he was born in India, but he grew up in a city of 21 million. And so many of our community is from India. They're used to using transit. When he was growing up in India, he didn't go anywhere without being on a bus or train. In India, you can do everything that way. It's just so easy and accessible. So we can build that in Morrisville. Our residents are asking for that. Transit, yeah, like, yeah, smart shuttle. And I, and I always say, and we talk about this a lot on council, you can't pay, we can't pave our way out of our congestion issues. If you did, it wouldn't be a community any of us would want to live in. Roads would be 12 lanes wide. And that's just not, it's, that's just not realistic. So we're looking at other options to help with mobility in town. And transit is absolutely going to be a big part of that solution. So just to recap, it sounds like diversity, mobility, community. Education. Education. The final one I would say is technology. And it's funny because I was driving these initiatives when I was elected 10 years ago and now I have, they've taken so much stuff away from me. I don't know what I'm going to talk about anymore. The council's happy, but. Steve, you're going to find something. <laughs> but, but, but we have a smart city initiative now. We have come so far and so fast that we have a smart city steering committee. We've got a connected parks initiative where you could look at flood sensors for the parks. We're doing a pilot. Corridors where you can look at visibility of road counts. Open data portal now where people can actually use data. And my vision is actually engaging our entrepreneurs and tech community in Mooresville to be a part our town. And we can really, we've come so far so fast that I'm telling you, we've got, this could be a huge thing for Morrisville. So technology is not really a value, but it's important to know that I want to come to an area that's very innovative. Now let's just hope they don't come up with the AI robots that replace the council. (laughs) 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 Which could be very interesting. (laughs) But that ties back into the conversation we had about communication, how it's really important to communicate. And we're finding new and and unique ways to communicate with our public and communicate really important data to them that they need and want. Yeah. Data is important. Yeah. One of my favorite questions to ask people so far, but like, both of you have children. If somebody were to ask your children how to describe you, what do you think they would say? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Great question. As a mother of two young kids, I feel like I think about this often. 
Oh my uh, god, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I have You look a little scared. It's a different type of relationship. Let me think about this one. I was gonna say Steve I think what they would say what they would say about me is that that anything that gets done in our house is mom. She's our CEO of our family. She's really quiet, but really one of the smartest people ever, very street smart. And so She's the operations person of the round household. And I'm really spoiled. She's amazing. So they would say, if you want to get something done, you go to mom. <laughs> Don't go to get a dad. But if you want to sell something or you want someone to connect, go to dad. You know? And so That's they fight because of all my connections. Some, dad, if something ever happens to you, will I get your cell phone? <laughs> Where's the data? But my son, Ryan, is more like me. He's extroverted. And there's a lot of things. My leadership style is a lot of things I'm not good at. So I just love connecting with people and, and helping others. But, but I think my kids see such a contrast between the mother and father that they're probably going, oh gosh. So that's really funny. So in my, we, we heard Steve talked about my husband's a good cook. He's oh, also a drummer. He drummer in, really in, in his um, off time. And so they referred to him as the cool dad. He's a cool dad. He's really cool too. Yeah, he is. And he would yeah. love to know that he's cool. So, um, <laughs> so he's the cool dad. And I think they would say I'm a strong, confident woman yeah. because I raising two girls, it was really important to me to make sure that they were going to be strong, confident women. And so I, hopefully I emulated that and I think I see it in them. They are strong, confident women. I see it in them oh, today. Oh yeah, they're amazing. And, and one of your girls uh, works for a congressman? Yep. My youngest, she works for Congresswoman Jennifer Wex Wexford up in Virginia. And oh. Megan works on Capitol Hill. Of course, she's at home right now. And then my oldest, Allison, she works for the Department of Energy. She's in renewable energies. She does uh, hydropower. Wow, yeah. cool. Yeah, my, awesome. son, my daughter, Sonia, is a sophomore at UNC Carolina, UNC Chapel Hill. She's a journalist. She's the uh, head of the uh, newspaper now, Tar Heel, junior editor. She's leaving in September for a year for a study abroad, so we're a bit shocked, but we're excited for Where's her. Where's she she's going? She's going to go to India to work in an orphanage that one of my family friends started in India that took people from the slums of India and educated over hundreds of kids. It's quite amazing. His name's Ramakrishna. So she was so moved, she wanted to go back there and then... She might go to South Africa. And then my son is an artist. He's playing great tennis. I'm training him well. And he started an art business. And, and he, we, he's like, we do all these games here, like imitations and everything. So I, I call him Steve Rao 4.0. He's just a that much better, smarter version of me. But we're gonna, he's only here for two more years. So I can't believe he's going to be going to college. So I'm like, try to go close. Because the relationship's different, but, but he's real funny. I'll tell you, at our next in-person event, whenever that will be, I'm going to call in Steve, and he's going to be the opening act with, with these voices. He doesn't oh. know it yet. Oh, I'd love to do it. And the one I didn't yeah. get, I'd love to do Pacino sometimes. So I'm going to. If I had to be on 54 <laughs> one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> That's a good way to end the show, right? We're not done. <laughs> Son of a Woman. How many of you seen Son of a Woman? They need to bring movies like that back. Right? Feel Good Man, Son of a Woman. Dude, that's right. what I said earlier. Like, I'm like 15. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Al Pacino, Son of a Woman, right? You know? <laughs> I love a good Pacino. We may bring the voices back for the end of this show. Who knows? <laughs> And one other question that I was thinking about earlier is what type of leadership do you feel like is really important for Morrisville at this time? 
I always feel like transitions require different strengths. So I'm wondering just what Morrisville is facing now that you feel like maybe it needs this particular kind of leader. I think one thing a really good leader needs to do, and I think we need um, now in Morrisville, leaders that are listening to the various voices in the community. Because as, as diverse as our community is in cultures, we're, we're diverse in thoughts and opinions and desires and needs. And so you need a, a good leader who's able to listen to all that and then to take all that feedback and incorporate it into solutions that are realistic and pragmatic. And that, I think, is really important for the town of Morrisville today with all the growth that's happening, not just in Morrisville, but around us. And, and really listen like I talked about before, you have, we have two ears for a reason. Really listen and then incorporate all of those factors into really good solutions. So my takeaway from that, because we've had several guests say the same thing about listening, is like a, a good leader, especially right now, needs to be a good synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Being able to take a lot of information and kind of condense it down into something that is manageable and workable. I would absolutely agree with that. I think a good leader also needs to be collaborative as a team player, like a quarterback, mm-hmm. where you're huddling up and you're not making your field teammates feel like, well, I'm going to do this and everyone else is doing that, where you might have to take a little risk to show that you're in the same boat to make decisions together. And I think that's what Morrisville needs now. The other thing is, you know, I'm a Democrat, Liz is an independent, but I'm very bipartisan. So I was mayor pro tem for Mark Stolman, who was a good mayor. We got Liz and Mark and I in a council, we got a lot done. We, you know, during that tenure, we got about $300 million into our DOT, from DOT in Morrisville. We, uh, Liz and I supported Morrisville Carpenter Road. A lot of these things that we're seeing now were the result of our leaders working together. And so I, it's hard for me because I am a Democrat. I'm more of a Joe Manchin kind of Democrat. I'm more middle of the road. But I think when lately we've been seeing political parties come in a lot. And I don't know why. I just feel like we should really lead by the issues of the city. And that, I just think that's important. That's a, that's an incredible remark. Yeah. One, because I'm probably going on a limb there. People are probably going to bash me when they hear this, but I believe it with my heart. No, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it should be. There's right. a reason why our municipal elections are nonpartisan. Totally agree. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the unaffiliated yeah. one. I totally agree. <laughs> and I wear purple a lot ready because she's one of my best friends and mentors on the council. Purple because of pancreatic cancer. Whenever I see Liz Johnson, I wear purple. But today I wore it on a purpose because I had some calls with Tillis and Burr on an immigration. I'm a board member of a new American economy and I always like to wear my purple to say red and blue working together. And even Senator Manchin, whom I know from West Virginia, he always says I wear purple too. And he was the founder of an organization called No Labels, Joe Manchin. And, and Manchin said, even on CNN, there's nothing wrong with working with a Republican or having dinner with a Republican if you're a Democrat, because there's a lot of things we can focus on common. But now what's happened is it's just you on one side, I'm on one side. I, don't, I think that's not healthy to have that kind of an environment in the city government. It's well, not inclusive. Well, that's why the unaffiliated voters are growing in numbers because mm. I think we're, I'll speak for myself. I want to be able to compromise and, and collaborate. And it's difficult to do that if you are tagged with a, a, a letter next to your name. Now, I'm, Steve said something really important about we need leaders in Morrisville that know how to collaborate, but also know how to compromise. I always say compromise comes from a place of strength. Yes. It is hard. It is hard to compromise. I, I know I've done it. That's, yeah, exactly. Compromise is important. And I think that's what we're missing in Morrisville also is that it's this way or that way. But we could work together and the end product would be bringing the ideas of both sides, just like when we negotiate with developers. And that's why I think we have to end the filibuster in the Senate because 
we're the only country in the world where you need 60 votes in the Senate to get anything done. And so they can do reconciliation. And so when you have, now you can filibuster by email. And so the thing is, you can't get any good compromise because it's, I'm going to filibuster to delay it. Think about the legislation you could have if you didn't have the filibuster, where you would bring both parties together to, to do really great things. So I think these are things that we need to work on and more so in other cities as well. well. And, and you mentioned something that I believe we talked about in our first podcast with Jacques Gilbert, mayor of Apex. And that's, first of all, you're a council of seven, five, seven, seven, seven and a mayor. Seven, seven, seven with mayor. So and the mayor votes. No one person can get anything done. One of the things you hear in, on the campaign, and this is for almost anything, like I'm going there to change this and we're going to do this. And you're one person and you still need three other votes yeah. <laughs> to get that majority. And also one of the things that Jacques said in our interview with him was standing on the shoulders of the leaders behind them. The, the reason why Morrisville has been has such a, a rate of growth and prosperity is because of the leadership that have, have has brought it to it where it is now. That didn't happen overnight. That hadn't that didn't happen in the last year, regardless of party or whoever was in office behind him. Apex was, you know, named the one of the best communities in the country because of the leadership they've had. Yeah, I'll tell you, one mm-hmm. one of the things that frustrated me the most when I first got elected was how long it takes to get stuff done in government. And I, I remember saying, why? I don't understand. We just need to do this. It, snap your fingers and let's go. But there's a reason. We're stewards of the people's money. The decisions we're making are long reaching and we need to look to the future and not make snap decisions. And so it, it's important to take that time. The projects and the, that we're seeing come out of the ground now started years ago and were built on over years too. Mm. We have others to thank for how we got here today. Yeah, well, One good example, and here's a hardcore one, is the McCrimmon extension. When mm. did that project start? Yeah. Been, how many, how many yeah. years have y'all been working on that and it just finished? Oh, it took a little. So that, yeah, that, that came out of a 2012 bond. So the, it was before that. Then it was eight <laughs> years ago. Yeah, there was some hiccups on the project, but the staff really did uh, turn it around. We, we really, and then we were able to open it up earlier. The other thing is we partnered with the DOT to get another $10 million contributed to the project. What was a $14.3 million became a $25 million. So these are the kinds of things that we're working on. It was um, a great example of uh, partnering yeah. with other agencies to get a better product in the end. Mm-hmm. Great right. example. When we talk about building something, building a road, building a park, whatever, they take time. There are reasons you need to do environmental studies. There are lots of steps that need to uh, go into that process before we actually start breaking ground and you see something coming up out of the ground. Yeah. We are at this point in our show where we cue the music. Do we have music? Do we have music? I can start singing something like la, 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 la. We're done. (laughs) Just kidding. Who who the hell created these notes I have? (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have a caller. We're supposed to have music here at the end. Next time we could have like callers call in like impersonation. <laughs> I was like, I can call my mom. If, my reels really, if we don't have a caller by the next show. All right. Anyway, if you're interested in calling, call the number at the bottom of your screen. All right. We have some trivia happening right now. So here's how the game's going to happen. It's, it's going to be Liz versus Steve on this trivia. We're going to do some historical. We can't partner. No, no, no partnering. <laughs> She'll beat me. 
So here we go. We got we've got some trivia about the history of Morrisville. I've got a few questions. Whoever's the first to raise their hand and answer correctly gets the point. First question. Now, how did Morrisville get its name? Liz. Oh well, from Jeremiah Morris. That is correct. Ding 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 ding. ding. Jeremiah Morris donated land to the North Carolina Railroad. That's right. About what, two acres, three acres? Like well, a couple of acres. Couple and of a acres. post office. There was a post office involved, too, there. But it was the railroad. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Okay, next question. You ready? Get your hand ready. <laughs> when was Morrisville officially chartered? 1850. What'd you... 1850? Nope. Oh. 1852. Oh. Nope. <gasps> oh, wow. That number is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Who the hell, again, who the hell prepared my notes? (laughs) For those of you who can't see, Liz is wearing a sweater with the town of Morrisville logo on it. It says 1852. And Jacob thought she was wrong. (laughs) Well, what number do you have? There was a... I'm not equal to say. (laughs) No, no, it was... So it lost its charter back in the 40s. 1933. Okay, okay. And then was rechartered again. So maybe that's why I'm asking what date you have. 1947 was when it was rechartered. But But we go with 1852. That's our official. That's when it was founded. So you said 1850. You were so close, Steve. Yeah, I I forgot. I should know 1850. Okay, I have another question here. Are you ready? What is the total square miles that make up the town? Ten. I do it every day. I run about I run a lot. You run the entire town? I run, yeah, I'm like a running. Well, it's 10 miles. <laughs> I'm, like, for, Are I'm, you like, I'm like Forrest Gump. Run, oh Steve, God. run. <laughs> <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolate. You do see him out there a lot. I, well, I, I, love, run, there I love running hills on the greenway now, but after COVID, I got the gym because I wasn't going to the gym, and so I was running. Now I'm swimming and running and playing. T- I'm very physically fit. I just love it. All right, Liz, what is your guess on the square miles? Uh, it's not 10 exactly. No. Where is it? What do you it's think? It's like, um, it's either 9.5 or 10.5. All right, well, I don't, now that, that our, my dates were wrong, I'm wondering if this is wrong, but I've got 8.3. I'm firing whoever did these notes. Uh, it might no, be 8.3. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not 8.3? You, is this trivia even worth doing? <laughs> Who was the first Indian American elected in Morrisville? That was actually my next question. Satish Garamella, I'm Bluegrass Bollywood. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was born in India. And I hope he's listening. So he was truly the first Indian American because he was an immigrant from India. That's and right. I always call him my Alexander Hamilton because it's amazing that he came from another country and he's serving as an elected official. But I like I wish the Wikipedia and the sites, they always say I was the first one. Because I'm from West Virginia, I wish they could say like Bluegrass Ballywood, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Have a little banjo music behind it as well. That's right. You really need that, Steve. All right, (laughs) final question. What are the three historical structures in Morrisville? You ready? Yes. The Pew House. One. The old Christian church. Two. And the Page House. house. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Liz, I think you won this. Yes. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take that I'm one. sorry, Steve. <laughs> the, the championship has been given. Liz, Steve, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. We've I've had a lot of fun. Thank oh, you, Jacob. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Christina. Yes, totally.
Okay, now I'm relaxed. Can we start now? Start again. Start again. Do you have any final questions, Christina? Thank you for coming on the show. And until next time, we'll see you on Policy Vibe. Welcome to Policy Vibe, a new podcast hosted by the Triangle Community Coalition that will help our members familiarize themselves with our local elected and community leaders while asking the tough questions regarding land use policy. We will bring together elected officials, municipal staff, community leaders, and real estate experts to discuss land use policy here in North Carolina's Triangle region. Each monthly show will feature a guest where your hosts, Jacob Rogers and Christina Ellis, will interview and have conversations about issues important to our industry and membership. We'll dive into the topics of housing, commercial, and industrial development, as well as the politics behind the policy. Join us as we get to know the individuals behind the elected title who set the policies which determine how the triangle will grow. These conversations will give the listeners some insight into the Triangle's leadership and what's to come.